0: Hi, my name is Jesse Balmert, and I cover state politics and government for the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. Ohio is in the middle of the biggest public corruption case in state history. It involves a web of dark money, an Ohio-based Fortune 500 company, 4.5 million consumers, and some top politicos. The case has already taken some dramatic turns. Arrests, guilty pleas, FBI searches, executive firings, and the suicide of one defendant. It's a lot. And on this special episode of Ohio Politics Explains, we are going to talk to you about how money is used to influence politics. Today, my guest is Catherine Turser. She's executive director of Common Cause Ohio. In that role, she works to shine a light on government and campaign finance. State House reporters rely on Catherine to help them connect the dots between money and politics. So welcome.
1: Well, I'm so glad to be here. And I have to say connecting the dots is a lot harder than it
0: used to be. Indeed. So let's start off with some of the basics. If someone wants to give money to their favorite candidate, what are their options for doing that? So the way to think about this is you could give directly to a candidate, you know, to their campaign. You could give to the political
1: party to support them because, you know, the party can be very active. They can do all sorts of ads. They can, you know, help with mailings, et cetera. Or you could choose to give to a political action committee. So like, let's say that you work at Procter & Gamble, you could give to the Procter & Gamble PAC. Or if you really didn't want people to know you were making a contribution and you wanted to give unlimited amounts... Let's say you had millions of dollars and you really, really, really like somebody or you really hated their opponent, which is the other thing you can give to nonprofits. And this is incredibly sad. We're talking about what are called 501C4s. And these are nonprofits that are, you know, it's a tax code. It's, you know, these are nonprofits that are intended to work in the public good. But because of a series of Supreme Court decisions and shall we say shenanigans, they are used in a really inappropriate way.
0: Sounds like not a great deal. (laughs) So people talk about dark money groups all the time, and that sounds like an ominous term. Like, what is a dark money group? I think
1: the easiest way to think about
0: it is dark money is secret money.
1: It's very difficult to connect those dots. It's very difficult to figure out who's actually funding political advertisements. So often we will see, you know, a political ad and it'll have a really innocuous name. Let's say Generation Now. Or it could have an innocuous name, Happy Ohioans. You know, for more justice. The names are innocuous and not meaningful. Dark Money is all about intentionally avoiding disclosure and intentionally, in many ways, avoiding responsibility for these political advertisements.
0: So when did these groups become so popular? When did you start seeing them pop up in Ohio? So, you know, one of the things that we
1: know is that there's always been, you know, some soft money in elections. And there's been money that was, you know, first given to the political party to then given to another candidate campaign. We know that there's been, you know, kind of a history of not always being able to figure out the funding. But what is important is that in 2010, um, so, you know, just a few years ago, the U.S. Supreme Court decided that, in fact, corporations have First Amendment rights. Now, this is a little complicated because this doesn't mean that corporations can give directly to candidates. The decision was about political advertisements. Essentially, what happened is that the court determined that because political ads are not coordinated with candidates, then there's no reason to stop corporations from making contributions to doing political advertisements. Now, this is a bit, how can I say this, nonsensical. It violates the most common sense. Really, do we really think that if, in fact, corporations can give large dollars to pay for political advertisements, that somehow there's no information connecting the candidates or the candidates aren't coordinating? And of course it became more challenging after that because even though with Citizens United, the US Supreme Court determined this was an eight-to-one decision on disclosure. They said, hey, um, disclosure is constitutional. And in fact, you know, one of the things that I think is really important has to do with, you know, the line the, the line from that decision that prompt disclosure of expenditures can provide shareholders and citizens with the information they need. And just think about, you know, House Bill 6. We're talking about shareholders being left in the dark. We're talking about the citizens of Ohio being left in the dark. And yet, all sorts
0: of candidates and elected officials actually knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone in charge of regulating these 501c4s or making sure they're (sighs) following the right rules? So this this is the challenge. Even though
1: good disclosure, you know, transparency is constitutional they didn't actually make the changes they needed to, you know, in Congress. They didn't make the changes they needed to at the state legislature. And so we don't have good rules giving us information. So like right now, you know, you're interested in a candidate campaign. You can just look at the Secretary of State site. There is a fairly easy search function. There's a more difficult one where you have to download. and it's, it's a bit of a pain. But even when it's challenging to look at the money, at least we have an opportunity to understand who's funding candidate campaigns, where uh, the state house has not made updates since 2010. And then you have, you know, Congress, there's a Disclose Act. Right, it's 2022. We're talking 12 years later, and we're still having conversations about the need for disclosure. Disclosure is a really common sense reform. And sometimes people talk about it as, you know, if you shine a light on dark money, then we're able to understand who's funding. We're able to follow the money. And some of this stuff goes back to Watergate, you know, deep throat with his, you know, like, follow the money. Well, we should all be able to understand who is funding as and. You know, I talked about how the impact for shareholders and the impact for Ohioans. It's also important to remember if you don't have good disclosure and you can't easily look up who's funding these ads, one, the ads can be incredibly terrible and scary and xenophobic and all sorts of things that are just not truthful. But also, if we don't know who pays for them, we don't know if they're a foreign entity. We don't actually know. Who is
0: paying for it? So in the case of House Bill 6, this investigation involves several dark money groups funneling cash from energy companies to elect former Speaker Larry Householder, pass a bailout bill for two nuclear plants, and defend that bill against this referendum effort to stop it. As you were watching this bill be passed and this rather costly referendum effort in 2019, I guess, what was your impression? What were you thinking
1: Well, First Energy is a company that has worked very hard to get regulatory policy that they like. Now, you know, that sounds like, okay, so it's a company who's trying to get good laws that make it easier for their business to operate. But it's really important for us to realize all of the decisions that the state legislature makes about First Energy or about any provider, they impact our pocketbooks, and you know, important decisions are made at the state house about uh, rates all the time. And so, First Energy for many years, you know, they've had a number of different bailouts. Um, this is not the first bailout. You know, I kind of joke, you know, whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. You know, I think the thing that makes House Bill Six different when it comes to secret money is we have to talk about secret money in elections. First Energy had run into some obstacles getting the state legislature to actually bail out those two nuclear, nuclear plants. So, you know, you're talking about Perry and Davis Bessey. They'd run into some problems. And so it became clear that uh, the characters that were actually at the state house needed to change. And so dark money was spent to actually get folks elected so that they could then vote for House Bill six. And so that's money in elections. But then there's all the secret money. You know, we think about the Generation Now flyers during 2019. You know, those were, that was secret. That was secret money that was intended to lobby the public so they would be supportive of us bailing out First Energy. And for Synergy Solutions, I should be very clear, which is... Now Mm -hmm. has a new
0: name. Now Energy Harbor. So we talk about some of the problems with dark money, but it isn't illegal. So what's kind of the line between something that is legal to use dark money in and, and this case in particular? So I think the simplest way to
1: think about this is if you and I, and let's say a couple friends, decided that we wanted to do a TV advertisement and we wanted to use a 501c4, you know, we wanted, I don't know, to advocate for a candidate or we wanted to advocate for, you know, clean energy or whatever it is, That it's certainly legal for us to give money to that 501c4 as long as it's part of their their activities. Does that make sense? Like, like what what makes this so aggravating is that nonprofits are given that status by the IRS because there's an understanding that they will provide some benefit to society. So let's start first with 501c4s are supposed to provide some benefit to society, and there are rules for kind of their activities related to politics, and so there's that. I think you know when things start to get iffy has to do with nonprofits that are basically established to avoid the public understanding and to avoid public pressure coming down on corporations or individuals.
0: So this seems like a bit of a mess. And you talked a little bit about disclosure, but is there anything else that can be done to kind of clean up dark money in politics?
1: So I think that that we, we really should be all getting on the bandwagon that we get ripped off if we are not able to follow the money. It is, you know, we've now had a couple years, we've been, you know, we've been waiting and waiting for the householder trial. And, you know, one of the things that our state legislature could do is create more transparency in elections They could create more transparency when it comes to ethics filings. These are the financial filings that are done by government officials. So if you think about Sam Randazzo, you know, it would be wonderful if we had good information about um, people who are serving on the Public Utilities Commission. When we also need to think about transparency in lobbying, there shouldn't be secret money in lobbying. We have good rules for the humans that are lobbying. We should have good rules for the corporations that are lobbying. And then I should think we should be thinking about the fact that we don't have the same kind of transparency as we used to have at the state house. So this, the Legislative Service Commission, basically these are the folks, these are the lawyers for uh, the legislators. They craft the bills and they work to make sure that there's you know, internal consistency and all of the kind of details about the bill. So it used to be that their work was considered public work. So that you could understand who actually, shall we say, encouraged the legislation. And now we don't we don't have access to that. We don't have access to understand well whose amendments. You know, if they, especially if they're doing one one what they call it omnibus, but a really big change. We don't have access to figure out well who suggested this amendment or that amendment, and so that we can't connect the dots because we need to we need to be able to follow the money so we can identify potential conflicts of interest. Well and then we need to be able to identify the conflicts. And then finally I think you know as we think about the public utilities commission this is a, an opportunity to really think about how you know how how we want to have greater transparency, how we want to have more citizen driven consumer driven public utilities commission.
0: Easy enough. Well, those are about the questions I had, unless there's anything you'd like to add or think might be missing. So the only thing that
1: I thought that might be helpful for for folks has to do with, you know, sometimes we talk about Citizens United and we think that's it. I think it's important to realize that there was a decision also in 2010, free speech now versus FEC. And that was one where because of the Citizens United decision, a lower court determined that Um, individuals could give unlimited amounts to, you know, corporations that were running political advertisements. So that's important to know, because yes, we're talking about, you know, House Bill 6, and we're talking about, you know, Generation Now and specific dark money groups and energy transfers and things. But it's important to remember that we now have individuals that are giving millions and millions of dollars, not just corporations, to these secret funds. And I think, you know, when I thought about Citizens United in 2010, I I mean, I was horrified. It made no sense to me. We do a lot to regulate speech when we're in person. For example, one person talks at a time. When we go to public hearings, we're given five minutes. You know, when you think about all the things we do in person, but we haven't figured out that we also need to regulate that space so that we hear a diversity of voices. And instead, you know, the rich people and the rich corporations are making it harder and harder to
0: hear um, everybody. Thanks for coming in and chatting about this. Well, thank you, Jesse. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like marionstar.com.